right, welcome everybody to another episode of Ballhawks Podcast. This is episode number seven, a bonus episode for you guys. You've been asking for it, and we deliver. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87, and I am joined, as always, by the assistant to the co-host. Assistant to the host, I can't remember what we called you. Uh, today, you're my mater, or to mater. Christopher Francis Phillips. Did I guess it right this time? Still way, way off, buddy. (laughs) Rule of averages. I'm going to get it one of these times, right? Maybe. Get get one of those uh, baby names books and you might find it. (laughs) But uh, hey, hey, Steve, it's uh, it's good to see you. Good to be back. Happy to be here for our bonus episode. Um, Of course, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter as well, at PhillipsChris12. And, uh, of course, please be sure to follow the pod account at ballhawks underscore pod. Yeah, we uh, we actually have a special guest coming in for you guys here. He is a former Okanagan Sun player, and he is one of the members of the ATT podcast, Alien Theorists Theorizing. One of the weirdest names and probably the hardest tongue twister I'm going to ever come up with. Uh, welcome to the show, Andrew. What's happening? Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, eh? Yeah. The best part about the name of the podcast, though, is I finally know how to spell theorist. It took me a while, man. It took me a while. <laughs> Let alone s- spelling it, pronouncing it. Like Steve oh. said, like that, that, that is a uh, ATT is much, much safer than trying to pronounce that whole thing. Oh, it's just a little smoother, easier, rolls off the tongue. And so uh, you're a good buddy of Chris's, and we decided for the second straight time to invite a guest uh, who cheers for a team that has accomplished the loser feat in football, the 0-16 Lions. Oh, you had a Browns fan on before me? Jeez, <laughs> boys, come on now. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what we're doing to ourselves here, but I guess like it can only go kind of up from, from here, right? I've been telling myself that for I don't know how long and it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know about that. <laughs> we were actually just talking about before we came on here uh, with the new NFL schedule being 17 games long. You have that all elusive crown of potentially being the only 0-17 team now, right? Oh, yeah, man. Well, we got a few banners up there, right? Like we have our last playoff win in 92. We've got the time we beat uh, the Patriots two years ago. That was a big deal for us. And then we have, you know, our 0-16, and, and now we got a nice little slot for 0-17. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Flags fly forever, Andrew. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Steve's favorite saying. Oh, I love that saying because you, your team can just be garbage forever, but as long as you win once, you just always can hold your hat on it. I don't care if you win seven times or ten times. You win once, you win once. Oh, boys. See, I got such a bone to pick with that because so many of our buddies are like Oilers fans and you're like, you know, they're getting in your face because you're a Canucks fan. Well, you never even won anything. I'll be like, buddy, you weren't even born yet. How do you know? Like, that must have been great. Did you enjoy that win while you're still crapping your pants? Drinking out of a bottle? Like, you have no idea. Don't ever talk to me about that again. Yeah, they- I had that argument so often when I worked at Jersey City and like these Flames fans would come in and be like, wow, we, we, we won a cup. I'm like, yeah, in 1989 and you're like born in 1995. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Like cut it out. Like kick rocks. I've heard you, it enough. Like you, you've seen your team win as many championships as I have. Exactly. Like, you know, if we're arguing here, the Canucks have been relevant in our, in our lifespan way more than 
either of those teams. So beat it. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, Andrew, as uh, as Steve mentioned, uh, I mean, of course, we're uh, we're friends. We we go back. We play lacrosse together. Played lacrosse against. Uh, played lacrosse against each other. <laughs> you're, you're being too kind. I don't know in my in my entire career if I ever really played lacrosse. Like I had the stick, I had the gear, I ran around. I'm not sure I actually played the game, but I was there. I remember playing against you and oh. being like, hey man, like I'm really tired. I'm just gonna stand here this shift. Like, do you mind just standing here with me? Nope. Make make it make it look like I, I uh I'm working hard. Yeah, dude, it's funny that you say that because that's like I'll never forget it, man. I so long story short, like I like I like I said, I never really played lacrosse. No idea what I was doing. Uh, I was working construction with a good mutual friend of mine and Chris's gotten into chirping. Cause I just retired. I hung up my cleats from playing football, blew up my shoulder, lost my scholarship to SFU. It was kind of a miserable time. Um, you know, and I was recovering and you know, him and his dad, big lacrosse guys kind of chirping at me being like, ah, oh, you know, you wouldn't have it. You don't have it in you to play lacrosse anyways. And I'm like, I'm like this lacrosse. I'm like, that's not even a real sport. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> like that's what you play in like PE class. Like, yeah, I bet. Right. Like, so Braden's like, I guarantee you come out, you'll last one practice. And I'm like, done, let's go. I'm a, you know, so I show up and I end up falling in love with it. Blast. Getting ready for, I can't remember which game it was, but it was early. And I'm getting this pep talk, you know, and they're like, listen, you're going to be playing against this guy that we know. Like, dude, Braden's like, I know this guy well. I played with him lots. He's going to get in your ear. He's going to chirp. He's going to be cheap. He's going to be mouthy. He's, he's a handful. Like you got to be on your game, but he's similar size to you. And there's not many guys your size in the league. So you're going to have to man up on him type thing. <laughs> and then another good buddy of us, ours, Jake Lickman pulls me aside. And this guy's, you look up bully in the dictionary and his face, <laughs> like this guy's your purebred bully. Just, just a bad dude. And he pulls me over and he's like, don't listen to what Braden's saying. He's like, your job, you're going to take him out. He's like, the minute that guy says anything to you, you're dropping your gloves and you're knocking this guy out. Cause I, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, let's, let's relax a little bit. Like, you're getting a little too hasty. And I can't remember which game it was. I can't, I want to say it's the first one. You had that kid that played for the Kamloops Broncos. Oh, uh, uh, JJ? Yeah. For my first game, guy's what, like 6'3? Uh, oh, I, I don't know how tall he is. I, it, he, he's a big, he's a big boy though. Needless to say, he played O-line. Guy gets in my ear. I'm like, I guess I got to fight this guy. Drop my gloves, get beat up. I'm like, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Go over my next my next shift. And then I'm like, I'm on Phillips. And I'm like, all jacked up. I'm like, I already got in a fight. I got to get, I got to be on this guy. He's mouthy. He's trying to talk to me. I'm like, I'm not listening. I'm just cross-checking him. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, that was a good play, man. That was good. Are you, are you new to lacrosse? Like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, who are you? Like, I've never seen you around. And I'm like. You know, slowly like let my guard down. You know, I start BSing with the guy a bit. Go back to the bench, and, and you know, I'm looking at Braden and I'm looking at Jay. I'm like, that's a beauty. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? He's super nice. Like, and then next year, lo and behold, we're on a team together. Great. <laughs> that uh, that that may or may not have been a a, a tactic of mine to uh, to you know play nice and, until i until i had to do otherwise right i worked you totally lulled me into the safe sense of security i'm like oh no this guy's, this guy's my friend he's nice <laughs> i was just gonna say he was totally sandbagging you there like that sounds oh, all of the stories i hear from uh, another mutual friend of ours who also played lacrosse was like oh man every time i play phillips i absolutely hate him 
And I was like, dude, we work together. Like, you're buddies with him. He's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I, I oh. literally, <laughs> literally hate him. And that story was like every story I've heard about Phillips on the lacrosse field, just sandbagging until the wrong time. And then he's going to get a shot on you. I, you know, like, and I, I totally agree with that because you hear that it's renowned. He's got pictures up in like the Armstrong locker room with like, <laughs> like cigarette burn holes in them. Like people hate this guy. I just so happen to love him. Just the thing is, is like Phillips, super skilled lacrosse player guy, guy's been holding lacrosse since, since he was a kid. But I think he knew what was up. He knew I was on you like way on rice and you weren't getting anywhere. I didn't know what I was doing, but I can run fast and I can cover people. I was playing defensive back on the lacrosse court. That's all yeah. I was doing. Every time I tried to law you in, and that's exactly what I was like, hey, like, man, I'm pretty tired of this shift. Like, let's just, like, like just, just stay here in a second. Like, every time I'd, like, try to, like, you know, fast break past you, and you'd be, like, right on my hip. I'm like, damn it, he's, he's right there every time. But uh, I, I I appreciate the kind words there, Steve. I know exactly who you're talking about. You're talking about, you're talking about uh, Haggerty out oh, in loops there. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I definitely have a, a bit of a reputation. Um, just a bit. I, I remember, I mean, Andrew, you were on the team, so you could probably speak to this probably a little bit better than other, or than, than I could. But, uh, remember when I moved back to Kelowna from Kamloops after, after playing against you guys for how, however many years, I think it was four years I played in Kamloops. Oh, I and remember, buddy. There was many uh, meetings and talks about even letting you on the team. There, it, that's what I mean. Yeah, there's a you guys had a team meeting about <laughs> even letting me back and like talking about play, coming back to play with guys that I I grew up with, and uh, and they don't they don't want me back. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's so <great>. funny. I... <laughs> so before we get started, Andrew, um, I definitely did a little bit of homework, and when I found out you were a Sun player. I hit up all my buddies who are Sun players, and I'm like, "Hey, you you guys got to give me a little bit of uh, a little bit of dirt on him. Like, what's a story that I got to get him to tell, or like, give me something." And so I have one here. It and I'll read this verbatim. He may or may not have had some experience with cattle during his time playing for the Chilliwack Huskers. And there's nothing else to this message. Just ask him he may or may not have had some experience with cattle during his time playing for the Chilliwack Huskers I gotta hear this listen that's <laughs> I could very well have voice that was a that was a very dark time in my life mostly because I was blackout for the majority of that season I got hit in the head a lot like we got up to absolutely zero things good in the city of Chilliwack <laughs> like there there's places where I'm definitely not welcome back in that city and for good reason I probably have a few illegitimate children running around and just, it's not good. Like I wish, I wish I knew who you were talking about. I have no idea. Oh, that's so funny. That, that, that's probably the response he was looking for, to be honest. Yeah, boys. Like I, I wish that was just, we were way too young to be living on our own. I shared room with another mutual friend of Chris's that worked together, buddy. We had single mattresses on the floor of the same bedroom. Just like on the other side of the bedroom, we had nothing in our rooms other than our mattresses, like just just dirt bags, like just dirt bags playing football. And oh, it was not good. Nothing in the fridge but beer and ketchup. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> eating at McBubs every other meal. I think I had four different jobs while I was there. I remember going like and they wouldn't give me time off for games or practice. I'd be like, OK, hey, well, I quit. Just leave, go next door and knock on the door. Like, hey, you guys need somebody like not a good place for me to be. That's so funny. Um, so we might as well start 
a little bit of football stuff here. We're uh, before we jump into you filling our guests in on some Lions news. Um, yesterday, Julian the Legend Edelman retired, or I should say that there's, I guess, a sixty nine percent chance that he's retired, according to Gronk. <laughs> and there's been like this big debate, right? Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? What do you What do you well, think? I- we'll give Andrew the first crack at this one. I mean, like, if we're talking regular season, probably not. If we're talking about playoff performances, he's got an interesting case. But how much does that play? Like, you know, you always have to hear about these numbers. Like, I want to say receivers who hit, like, this threshold of receiving yards or touchdowns or whatever it is. They're almost like shoe-ins. But was there anybody better in a playoff game than Julian Edelman? Does that get him in alone? It's it's funny because how many other people had that opportunity to showcase their abilities in the Super Bowl setting other than Julian Edelman, right? Like how many Super Bowls did he play in? Yeah, it's got to be what? Six, seven? Five or six, I think. Oh, no, seven? Wow. There might be seven of them, right? Because he, he came in when Welker left. And what Welker got how many Super Bowls? Two? Hmm. Did, well, I, I don't think Welker got any, did he? Welker's got a Super Bowl for sure. He, again, like, a, uh, like a ring? Yeah, super Welker has a Super Bowl with the Pats for sure. He does. I, I I saw a video earlier in the week, and it was like Bill Belichick standing on the sidelines with Wes Welker, go, turning to him and going, "This guy's going to take your job." Talking about Edelman, you might be right. Yeah, Wes, it's wild. Uh, like I I don't really know the answer. I didn't really look too much into the debate, but in my opinion, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, I don't think Walker's he, got he never no wanna... Super Bowl win. Wow. That blows my mind. That breaks my heart. He deserves it. Yeah, that guy that well, guy was cuz his special. last chance would have been uh I think he was on the 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 Broncos in uh what was that Super Bowl 48 against the Seahawks when he was wearing his uh his his oversized helmet due to all the concussions that he has. Yeah. <laughs> No swag. Zero. Negative swag. <laughs> that and the Larry one. Um, so what do you think? Hall of Famer or not? You got to go on a whole body of work. Yes or no? No, I, no, I say no. Wow. Not when a guy like Heinz Ward is out. Interesting. Because I, 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 mean, I don't want to say Edelman. Like, you hear all these yeah, things yeah. about, like, okay, Terry Bradshaw. Like, he's got, what, five Super Bowl rings or something like that? Probably the not the most successful quarterback in terms of like what he was able to do that team carried him quite a bit of the way but just like the sheer number of rings did like does that count at all or just straight up no no i don't think so either i he 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 had a great career um uh, sorry he had a good career uh i'm gonna i'm gonna backtrack the the great statement there he had a good career he was a, a a good player on a good football team uh, but I, I don't think he did enough to earn that gold jacket. It's just, I just go back to those few Super Bowl moments where it's just like anybody else in those situations. I don't know if they would have came down with those balls though. Like it's just, he did things that he he did things that nobody had any business doing. And it's, but does that get you? Does that get you into the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Yeah, like I wonder how much the the clutch, like the big moment performer kind of makes up for it. Because, yeah, like Chris said, not a great career, but a good career. So, like, does that clutch in the most important game put him over the threshold or 
it's it's wondering too like and then when you backtrack like you let's look at those clutch moments and then we also have a look at his like unlikely path to the nfl to begin with like the guy comes in as what like a quarterback or no he was playing cornerback in university i don't was he drafted maybe drafted in the seventh round like just a a cinderella story really even for somebody having like chris said a, a decent career not a great career still when you look at how he got into the nfl it's pretty phenomenal yeah, he was a seventh-round pick at a Kent State, like not even like a big-time school or anything like that. And like Andrew said, he he was the quarterback yeah. for Kent State. He wasn't even a wide receiver. I actually, I uh, the NFL shared like a career, I guess, highlight package for Edelman uh, the other day after he announced his retirement. And like the very first clip, he's actually blitzing the quarterback. <laughs> He's, he's, he's playing defense and he blitzes, blitzes the quarterback. And actually the quarterback was Vince Young, who was playing for the Eagles at the time. And, uh, and that is apparently a, a time frame in the NFL that I completely don't remember. Cause I don't remember Vince Young ever playing for the Eagles. Dark times. Yeah. That was definitely a dark time in the NFL. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's a, a Hall of Famer either, but just when I asked the question, you both were just like right on it. Like absolutely like, no, no questions about it. And I, yeah, I thought there was maybe a little more of a debate than just a straight up. No. I mean, like, cause we're talking numbers, like you said, like regular season numbers. And he really just didn't have, if we're going to take those in account, no, he doesn't get in the hall of fame. And then you look at like somebody like Kelvin Johnson, who just got in. And a lot of people doubted the fact that he was going to be first ballot hall of famer. But at that same time, yeah, he didn't have the numbers because his career was so long, but that guy did things that no one else could do period all the time. Yeah, like and I wonder, and being on that Patriots dynasty, like, if somebody else was in his spot, maybe they wouldn't produce as much as him. But, like, I, I was just looking it up now. Like, he has three playoffs of over 280 yards. And, <laughs> like, like just the sheer number of opportunities to do that probably pushed him in there. The interesting thing, too, is I wonder how much being a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP makes a difference like that's huge yeah yeah, like, yeah he's three, only a certain Antonio amount of guys Holmes can do it Super Bowl MVP too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. and who who was the one from was it Malcolm Smith yeah wasn't he a Super Bowl MVP and he then he, he sure did nothing was after that yeah. what about oh. the dude the dude that played opposite Deion Sanders I can't remember his name but he wanted he was Super Bowl MVP too I think because just nobody would throw to Deion Sanders side <laughs> side when Dallas is in the Super Bowl <laughs> And so he got like three picks. That's well, like I, I just want to like I, I, I did write down some stats for three different wide receivers. Uh, I'm not going to say which one's which, but I'm going to ask you guys which one do you think sounds like the Hall of Fame wide receiver? So first one we have uh, 493 career catches, 6,563 yards, 49 touchdowns, one Super Bowl, two Pro Bowls. Uh, next, we have uh, 1,000 career catches, 12,083 yards, 85 touchdowns, two Super Bowls, a Super Bowl MVP, four Pro Bowls. Then we have 620 catches, 6,822 yards, 36 touchdowns, three Super Bowls, and a Super Bowl MVP, zero Pro Bowls. So who's, who sounds like the Hall of Famer there? Person two. Yeah, I know, I'm going to regret it, but probably personal too. All right. And that's Heinz Ward. And he's yeah. not that's, in yet. 
No, which is crazy. And, and okay, so what about the other two? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like for me, stats aren't everything. Like, right? I, I think so, they definitely but... have something to do with that. But yeah, probably not. I don't think right. so. Like, I, I think Edelman is definitely like a cusp guy where there there's an argument to be made. I I personally don't think he is, but I I have to think a lot fast or a lot harder than what you guys did. Like, I, that's why I was <clears> so shocked. It was like, no, no, he's not. Like, oh, really? Like, that's that's interesting. I knew the question was coming, so I, I, I uh, as you can tell, prepared a little bit. So the the uh, one one of those receivers was obviously Edelman with the three Super Bowls. The other one, other one is Doug Baldwin. And if you hear the name Doug Baldwin, do you think Hall of Fame? Never. Doug the right? Slug's not getting in the Hall of Fame. But he's got more more touchdowns than Edelman. Uh, a few uh, three hundred less yards, but in about hundred and thirty less catches. Right. So it, it, it's it, it, when, when you when you look at it on on paper and, and look at the stats and, and like I said, you, you hear the name Doug Baldwin. And you're like, no, not a chance. You hear the name Julian Edelman. And you're like, well, maybe he's got a chance. But when you sit down and, and look at it and you see that they were a very similar statistical player, how can you say one is absolutely not? But one might have a chance, although we all agree that Edelman's not getting it. I, I think it. For me, it's the Super Bowl performances. That's when the pressure was on, he performed. And I think that was the game changer for me personally. That being said, I still stick to him not being a Hall of Famer personally. Yeah, I'd agree too. Like, that's why you can't really use stats just as a blanket statement to say, like, okay, I'm going to do a blind test on you here. Like, first of all, I'm guessing those were all regular season stats or, yes. at, le- or at least not the playoffs included in there. So maybe you have to include that because well, there's wear and tear on a guy for playing in, you know, an extra month and a half each year as well. And then, yeah, just being in those moments and coming up clutch, I I don't think you can really say that it's just sort of, well, we can't put that in there. Um, Yeah, it it, really interesting topic. Anyways, I, I would love to talk more Patriots. Just kidding. Would never want to do that. <laughs> um, I think the first thing we have to know, Andrew, is how did you become a Lions fan? Like, I'm sure you get this all the time. Being a Ravens fan, I get this all the time because there's like three that I've ever met on the West Coast. Why Lions? It's a great question, and it's extremely anticlimactic, like extremely <laughs> It makes no sense because a lot of people are like, oh, you obviously have family. And then I'm like, no, no, it has nothing to do. I don't even know any. Well, I know people now that live in Detroit because of going to games and meeting people. But it, it's just something as simple as uh, growing up, I was obsessed with uh, the movies, Beverly, the Beverly Hills Cops movies. Obsessed. Like couldn't get enough of them. <laughs> and one day I randomly get the NFL Blitz N64 game. And me and my brother are like, Who, what, what, team, what team are we going to pick? We're looking around. All of a sudden, we're like, "Oh, oh man! Like that's that's uh, Axel Foley's jacket." Picked it. No idea. No idea about football. I had no idea. <laughs> never watched it. Never nothing. Just just recognized the logo. I'm like, "That's my team, buddy. That's what we're gonna do." And then slowly, as I grew up, I started getting into football, and people are putting more pressure on me. Who's your team? And I'm like, "Well, it's the Detroit Lions." 
And like, I can't even, I can't even hang my hat on being a, like a Barry Sanders fan. I didn't watch then. I had no, dude, I started a year before I started being a real legit Lions fan a year before we went 0 16. Like I'm talking John Kitna, Joey Harrington days. I have seen <laughs> no light at any, at, at the end of any tunnels. This has just been a miserable existence for me, but it doesn't change. I still bleed Honolulu blue, baby. Isn't that so funny? Like I, you're not the first person that I've heard stories of that where it's like, well, why did you pick your team? And it's not because I had family. It's not because of this or that. It was like this random weird occurrence. Some, you know, you could have picked how many other teams and what a big part of your life that essentially has come. Like, I'm just looking at your background there. You've got four different jerseys and a life size thing of, of Sue in the background, like all because of one random thought really thoughtless event that pushed you to a team wild it's bizarre man like that's that being said i'm wait like my dog's name is axel foley like i got a problem i love those movies more than anything man i got a problem i'm loyal to a fault like i can't help it well especially like you said to to start cheering for a team like right before the owen 16 season and then like to witness whatever they did before that season and then see them go owen 16 and still be like not be like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm early into this thing. Like, I can easily switch it up. Nobody's going to question me on it. Like, you know, th- this team that I've claimed to be mine just went 0 and 16. If I just quietly start cheering for someone else, <laughs> it, it's just an easy transition. I had a lot of practice, though. I've been a Canucks fan since I can remember, right? Like, I know pain. <laughs> I know it. I feel pain. Like, I don't have a championship between both my favorite teams. Like no idea, you know, and it's yeah, oddly enough, like it's funny. Jays, like one yeah. of the only other jerseys I have that's not a Lions jersey is a Ravens jersey. That's so funny. Yeah, dude. And it's even more bizarre. Like I special ordered. I ordered it in, in 2004 when Deion Sanders came into retirement. I got a Deion Sanders black number 37 jersey. <laughs> Prime <laughs> Ravens jersey. That is so yeah. funny. Big Dion guy. I mean, how can you not like even in his retirement, he's still cool. Like he's just, he's the man. Oh, dude, he's, he'll, it will always be the man. Even with that weird fake fro, he's got, he looked like a Chia pet. I don't know what he did, but it's just weird. <laughs> his draft uh, alter ego. Yeah, no, he's uh he's a beauty. So let's, uh we've been kind of putting this off for a little bit. I know it happened a while ago. Um, Obviously, the big news in Lions Land was the Goff and Stafford trade. So just to give everybody a little background information on what that trade was, uh, the Rams traded Jared Goff a 2021 third round pick, a 2022 first round pick, and a 2023 first round pick for Matthew Stafford. And we got a 26-year-old Goff. 33-year-old Stafford. Uh, Goff just signed that big monster deal. Four years, $134 million with 110 guaranteed. And then Stafford has, I think I looked at like two years left on that that $135 million deal. I think Real team-friendly contract that, that Stafford had going back to the Rams. Yeah, so obviously like I'd love to get your reaction on what you thought of it. Pros, cons, like happy or just it's all miserable 
I mean, you got to start things off first of all. Like there was nothing, nothing happy about watching this beloved human being that just gave me all the butterflies in my my soul. It made me question my sexuality on a Sunday basis. Like this, this guy, just this Adonis of a human being, walk away from our franchise. Like the only bright spot that we've had consistently for for what the last nine years. It's just like. Here's the thing, man. I, I love Stafford. I always will. The problem with Stafford was after the 2014 season, our window closed and it slammed shut. And believe it or not, yes, there was a small little <laughs> little tiny room in that window that we had. There was a little bit of a window there. And it came slamming shut so fast and so hard. But the problem was when you have a guy with Stafford's ability – he had the ability to keep you in every single game that you played. There was always a chance that this game was going to turn into a shootout. Stafford was going to put the team on his back and we were going to win. And I think he brought this false hope with him. And yeah, it was fun. All these last minute comebacks, everything. It was a blast. It was amazing. I loved being a part of it. it took probably about 14 years off my life, <laughs> but that's fine. But the problem is like, at the end of the day, he was getting older. His trade value is slowly getting smaller and smaller. And this was the time to do it. Detroit has been in need of a, a, a real, like nuts and bolts from the ground up rebuild for the last like three to four years. And Matthew Stafford was the one thing preventing that because every new coach or whoever would take over would be like, we've got a shot because we have one of the best, most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. And I really, it's, it's, I know it's hard to say, but I really think that was hindering the team. And I think this is one of the best moves for this franchise was to make this trade. And to be honest with you, like I'm not bashing Jared Goff when I say this, I'm not at all, because if anything, I've actually grown to be a little bit more excited for him than I was initially. This wasn't a Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade. This was a Matthew Stafford trade for two first rounders and a third, right? And a contract basically. <laughs> Like that's the way, you know, that's the way I see it in my head personally, you know, and we can get into out if you want, we can get into what my hopes are and what I think could potentially happen with golf, but we don't have to touch that now, but that's kind of my, my opinion on the trade if that works. Yeah, that's, I think he summed it up really well. Like it, it is funny the they looked like they were just going to break the cusp in that 2014 year and then. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a franchise go from like bright spot, like the, a little glimmer to just absolutely nothing. And I think you are right that, you know, Stafford is so talented. And when Megatron retired, it was like, ah, we'll give you Marvin Jones Jr. Like recently, obviously, Galladay was there for a little bit, had huge success with him. Yeah, because Stafford's ridiculously good. But they weren't bad enough to be where Jacksonville Jaguars were, where you're picking first overall again, but they weren't good enough to do anything really. So holding a guy back like that was, yeah, kind of hindering your team, right? Oh, a lot of eyes are going to be open, man. Like, like you said, you brought up Kenny Galladay. A lot of things, one thing people don't really know about Kenny Galladay, he had the worst separ separation rate in the NFL. Really? Yeah. 
Like the re- there's a reason why he's as good as he was. Yes, he's amazing at cont- catching contested balls, but that's because every single ball is contested because <laughs> he gets zero separation. And he's got a gunslinger that can put that ball anywhere he wants, cross body, no look sidearm. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, Stafford, I, I, like he's always been one of my favorites to watch. Um, I'll, obviously, you know, this one probably better than I'll ever know it. But, you know, when he takes that big shot and it looks like his ribs just smash into a million pieces and you're like, yeah, dude's probably done for the season. And he's coming out there just hobbling like, no, I got it. Oh, he's squeaking half the time because he's in so much pain gets gets the winning touchdown and then literally is like melting again and guys are smashing that shoulder and oh stop stop it's one of the most beautiful moments of my life that and the the fake spike against alice was probably the like i lost my goddamn mind um but i'll I'll always have those so yeah um chris what did you think of it we have you and i haven't really talked about it that much uh yeah i mean at uh at, at you know Sorry, Andrew, but at first when I heard the Lions were getting Jared Goff, I was like, ooh. So did Michael like, Brockers. Yeah, I, 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 I feel for Andrew on that one. Um, I don't know if if Goff just, you know, the the McVay system wasn't for him and he, he needs, uh, you know, a, a, a change of scenery and going from the, the bright lights of uh, L.A. down to uh, out to Detroit where cold and... maybe one light's working and, and it's cold. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I, I remember saying to Steve and Steve got really mad when I actually said this, I was like, I'm not that, like, I'm not that worried about it. Like, is, is Matt Stafford, like, is he that good? Like, is he really going to make that much of a difference for the Rams? And I, I know that's probably ignorance from not having watched a lot of Detroit Lion games. Um, but to me, it's just like, I don't know, he, he's a very, he's a gunslinger, right? He's just, he he's a very, I don't know, under the, the Brett Favre model, just throw it up. He had he had Megatron for so many years that just, I don't care if he's in double, triple coverage, whatever, I'm going to throw it to him and Megatron's going to make a play on it anyways. And he he's not going to have a receiver like that in L.A., um, I mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, you know, obviously tough as nails. He's, he's going to play through those injuries, but I just, I don't know if, I don't know. I just, there, there's, there's nothing there. And like I said, it's probably cause I didn't watch enough Lions games, but there's nothing there right now that is telling me to worry about the Rams having a, a new quarterback in Matt Stafford. I mean, I, I, the thing is, is I can't blame you for that whatsoever because you're exact. You hit the nail on the head. The Lions are not. You're not getting re. Like I've, I've been that guy that'll stay up at night and watch Sports Center to watch the highlights, even when the Lions win, and I'll wait till the very end and the game's not even on, or we'll win the game and they show the highlights of the other team. Okay, that's part of being a Lions fan. <laughs> it's seriously. And he what he's not. He hasn't been in the in the spotlight. But one thing you do need to understand is you're right. He did close his eyes and pray and chuck that ball into triple coverage because he knew Megatron was going to come down with it. He is vastly improved since then. He's an absolutely different guy. You got to remember, he, look, go ahead and look at Marvin Jones' stat line, right? Look at guys that the guys that he's been passing the ball for to since, um, since uh, Megatron retired. Like he's been working. Our receiving core 
until like the last two or three years has been god awful. And he's making guys like I think his name Jeremy Jamie Durham and stuff like that. Just bums look good. Like Stafford is one of the most underrated talents in the NFL, and he's finally going to have his moment in the spotlight. I do have my concerns, however, about him going to LA. And I'll be honest with you, where you're saying, is he going to have receivers to toss the balls to? Are you nuts? Yes. He's going from having some mediocre weapons to having some scary weapons, dude. That being said, I don't know if this marriage with McVeigh is going to work. Matthew Stafford, you're right. He's a gunslinger. He makes happen. He's the guy that's calling audibles on the line pocket collapses he's the guy that's you go go nine i'm tossing that thing i'm tossing that rock like i don't think mcveigh is going to be okay with that personally that being said he obviously knows what he's getting in matthew stafford he did his research he gave up he leveraged his team's future and probably his job because if this doesn't work out mcveigh's looking for a new job yeah when you said that too i immediately wrote down no receiver threat like that and then just like started smashing my pencil on the on the ground like uh you want to talk underrated people matthew stafford one cooper cup number two that guy catches everything robert woods number three also catches everything so uh, underrated dude robert he, woods come when he left buffalo he was a nobody yeah nobody look at him now dude everybody wants that guy on their fantasy team he does nothing but consistently put up numbers and I, I kind of get it because obviously the Rams being a division rival, um, I find myself doing this sometimes too, where I'm like, you know, oh, the Steelers. Yeah, right. Deontay Johnson is not that good. And I know Chris and I have had this conversation a ton of times and he's like, man, Deontay's actually really good. I had another buddy who was trying to trade him after his rookie year. And he's like, yeah, I want like a second round pick for him. Cause he's going to be like the future. And I, I, same thing, Chris, I, tend to definitely downplay my my rivals a little bit um but that mcveigh system uh he's gonna have a bit of an o-line finally i but see that's a big big misconception you don't the think detroit lions mis- have a, a good o-line they're missing one solid piece at right tackle when they fill that spot at right tackle that is a top 10 F- nfl o-line you and i so. i will i'll do a shotgun bet on that right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, who do you guys, you guys have, uh, like, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow was pretty new uh, there. T- uh, Frank Ragnow is the best, if not top three center in the NFL. Yeah, I, I remember when he was coming out of, the, out of the draft, I think it was like a round three projection on him, moving up in the draft kind of thing, and I actually really wanted the Ravens to get him. Um, okay, you got He went t- 15th, I think. Yeah, yeah, he went super, super high. I think he was one yeah. of the bigger risers. Um, you got to tell us how to say your right guard's name. I've been trying to think about how to say this, and I'm a little disappointed that Chris didn't have this on the all-name team segment. It's. I can tell you right now there's a trick to it. Is there? Yeah, you have to say it to the to the course of uh, Play That Funky Music, White Boy. <laughs> nobody's ever gonna forget that name now that's it dude that's That's the only way i can say it i can't say it like a normal person i have to sing it yeah yeah i was looking up some of the like again like with chris i don't watch a lot of line stuff um and i was like i wonder what that o line is like i was like who is that and how do you say that name that is like imagine getting that jersey it has to like the old school like curls all the way around your shoulders and stuff like that. 
I, yeah, it's it's a mouthful, that's for sure. That's so funny. Um, speaking of drafts, I'm not sure how into the draft you are. Oh. <sighs> uh, Dude, we- it's just it's it's just been wait like I've done nothing every day googling new mock drafts just bang it into my veins it's it's horrible dude it's awful how much of an obsession and every year i get older it's worse this is my disneyland man like i'm just <laughs> so are, you, you want to talk draft let's go you got are you two on hours? That, are you on that pff <laughs> network one where you can do a draft like just over and over and over and over i hate the pff because i love i love having the trades enabled but they're garbage trades that will never ever take place yeah. in the history of the world they're yeah. just so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so if you obviously we'll just go through the Lions picks here for anyone who's not too familiar. Uh, they've got six picks in total. Uh, first round, seventh overall, second round, 41st, third round, 72, third round, 102. And that was the, the pick from the Rams for the golf trade we were just talking about. And then we got a fourth round and a fifth round. So if you had to project who they're going to take at that number seven overall, who do you think they're going to get? And is it different than who you want to get? Well, I got to do a few disclaimers before we get into this, right? Cause it's, it, it's, here's the thing like this. And this is something I'm so, I warned you guys, I was going to ramble. <laughs> this is something <laughs> I'm super excited about because this is the first time that I can remember that irregardless the, or regardless, irregardless isn't a word, the regardless, the outcome, I'm going to be happy because this is the first time that the Lions could go best available at every single pick and it's still the right pick. We have so many holes. Mm. It's absolutely insane. There is no wrong pick here. There is absolutely no wrong pick. Okay, so who do you want? Sorry, go ahead, When we posted that that we were doing our, our mock draft, and uh and, and i i replied back to you on twitter that we that we we both had a certain alabama wide receiver going to uh to detroit you 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 did say it better be waddle <laughs> well hey but that's the thing like i'll i'll give you I, I can give you a little uh i'm trying to do my best here to fit in appropriate words i'll give you a little <laughs> bit of crap here that's the right I, i'll give you a little you know but let's being said the worst case scenario here that I'm upset about, oh my God, we got stuck with a Heisman trophy winning <laughs> receiver who runs some of the best cleanest routes that I think I've ever seen in my life. Like that sucks, you know, like that's where I'm at right now. And like, there's, I have so many different scenarios running through my head. Like if we're stay, let, let's play right now. We're staying at seven. If the lions are staying at seven, which I do not think is a definite thing to happen whatsoever. For me, ideally it's Panay Sewell. Ooh, you don't think he goes before seven? I think he does go before seven, but that's okay. I'm talking ideal. Like we're talking best case scenario. I'm saying Panay Sewell. I, I, I think that it's absolutely insane that people are mocking Jamar Chase to the Bengals. I think that's laughable because how the kid, how doesn't matter what receivers you get that kid if he can't stay up long enough to throw the ball to them. I I actually saw a mock draft uh, before we came on here. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but they had Penny Sewell going to the Lions. Love it. Yeah, that's, think, that's a dream come true. Can I explain to you why I think it's a game tr- a dream come true without going too off track? You can even Always. go off track if you need to. This, this to me, you, you sure up that O-line, and that is going to give us the real proper look we need at Jared Goff. 
Because if that Jared Goff trade ends up working out, that's one of the greatest trades in the history of the NFL. You have a 26-year-old first overall draft pick that went to a Super Bowl that has been on steady decline. You know, But that being said, we all know that you give that kid a clean pocket and he looks amazing. He needs protection. We give him protection and he turns into the guy that he was four years ago. I could be the, I'd be the happiest guy in town. He, he no longer is that bridge quarterback that we all think he's going to be. And he goes back to being the guy that, you know, he was drafted to be. And I think there is that possibility. Am I banking on it? Absolutely not. But if it happens, I'll be pretty happy about it. That's so interesting. Cause when you said, Oh, lineman and asking us why the first thing I thought of was like, we're going to give DeAndre Swift a chance to be a productive running back for the Detroit Lions, which literally can never happen for that team other than Barry. I, I'm telling you right now, I think that's happening either way. I oh, think they're kids ridiculous. With, with, I think it's happening either way. We have a ridiculous one-two punch with him and Jamal Williams, and then you throw in on Johnson as your nobody that no everybody keeps forgetting about. If that kid's knees healthy, that's a that is a scary three-headed monster. Yeah, and that is... like they, they just have never really had a running game of substantial, like really anything, to be honest. And, you know, how do you get a quarterback's career back on track? Get him a running game to take that pressure off? Get him an O-line to keep him upright? Definitely. Dude, I, rem- I remember when Carryon Johnson broke 100 yards in a game. It was ready to, it was time to pop bottles because that hadn't <laughs> happened since Reggie Bush. <laughs> Like, dude, that, like, that, it was unheard of for us. We've, Stafford's had no running, he's had no running game his entire career in Detroit. Wow. So, but that being said, I think DeAndre Swift's going to do it either way. I'm banking on, I, I, I bought big for that kid in all my fantasy leagues. I think he's the guy. So with, uh, with Galladay and Marvin Jones both leaving town though, um, who do you see as the guy projecting to be? the number one wide receiver for Goff. I, at this point, as the roster stays, it's, it's probably Tyrell Williams. Like we all knew we all got a chance to look at him as a number one in, in Oakland and it didn't look good. I think he's serviceable. I'm not excited about it, but that being said for me, that's not like that. That is nowhere near the biggest hole on this team. And that's at that. Like if we go, if we go receiver first in the, at seven, I'm fine with it. I'm excited. If we end up like worst case scenario, what do we get? It'd be wicked. If Jamar chase falls to seven, that's perfectly fine for me. I would love Waddle. I think Waddle might, could potentially be the best receiver in this draft. I think he's extremely run underrated and I'm not big on Smith. I'm not, but every time I doubt him, I watch highlights and all that. And it ch- he changes my mind. Right. But that being said, you go into the second round and you got uh, Kadarius Tony, you got Elijah Moore. Like this, this draft is stupid deep again at receiver. We have two back to back crazy deep receiver drafts. This one's a little bit more slot heavy, obviously, but still, like there, there's going to be talent in the second and third. And one thing we know of Brad Holmes, because the Rams don't have first round picks, they haven't for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, that guy knows how to find guys in the later rounds. I have faith in that. I personally, I want Panay Sewell or I want to trade back no later than 10. I mean, if we have to, we'll go back to 15 with the, with the Patriots. And I, I, I want, like, this is gross. Everybody hates it. But if we trade back, I would love to jump on somebody like Micah Parsons. I'd love it. Linebacker is the grossest position on our football team by far. 
That's so By funny because that was my uh, my draft faller. We were talking on our mock draft episodes of like guys that would fall, and Micah Parsons was my guy. Um, Chris's guy is a guy that I wanted to actually ask you about because there's been a little bit of talks about um, if Kyle Pitts fell to seven. And I think the conversation was something like, well, they're never going to take him because they've already got Hawkinson. And I was like, dude, this guy is something completely different. You could put two tight ends out there and who cares? They both catch the ball really well. What do you what do you think of Pitts going to you guys at seven? Well, MCDC described it perfectly. Motor City Dan Campbell. He let they when he was asked about Kyle Pitts, he's like, what do you think about tight end Kyle Pitts and he's like I don't know what you're talking about tight end that guy's not a tight tight end he's big talent simple as that that guy is you can't pigeonhole that kid into just being a tight end that kid could that kid is potentially the second best player in this draft yeah he's you know he's a freak he's he's a freak of absolute nature that being said if he falls to seven I'm the happiest guy in town because we're moving back to 10 with Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones is going to sell the absolute farm for that kid. <laughs> I love it. That would make me that would make me happy. The thing is, there's like one team in the NFL that has less draft picks than the Detroit Lions, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> so we need three to, picks, baby. We're we need to accumulate more picks. We do. We need to move back. If we can move back, we need to. I, I ever, you know, like we know the value is in one to 10. It always is. You do take that little bit of a, a drop off. That being said, for the right price, I'm fine with dropping out of the top 10. But again, ideally, I'd like to stay in the top 10. Yeah, that's really interesting, too, because earlier on, just uh, you had mentioned that they haven't really done like a full scale sort of rebuild. And obviously, what do you need in rebuilds? Well, you need lots of picks. So, yeah, trade down, let Jerry come up, sell his farm, and, like, uh, you were saying you could get a wide receiver in round two, three. There's guys like um, Deami Brown is... Uh, that guy's a first-round talent that's going to fall to the second. There's a guy like uh, Nico Collins, another big-bodied, wide-out guy. Probably end of the three is kind of where he's getting mocked to. And I'm like, I, I'm also okay if, you know, wide receivers get taken later in the draft as well well you got to think like a lot of the teams that were picking high last year spent those picks on receivers right there's yeah. going to be some teams that don't really need to take these receivers high this year at least at least that's what i'm hoping because a team like detroit could easily go second third pick like two bang bang two receivers in a row we need them we have those holes still i still don't in my in my eyes it goes linebacker safety then receiver for our needs. Wow. Yeah. I, I, well, safety, dude, we're hurting at safety. Like bad, 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 yeah, who, bad. Who bad. do you guys have at safety? I, I don't even know. <laughs> like I literally cannot even tell you. Tracy Walker was one of the most underrated talents coming into last year. Matt Patricia absolutely destroyed that poor kid's career. That you can't like we the problem is especially like everybody's bagging on Jeff Okuda, our third round pick from last year, a corner. Everybody's like, he's awful, he's awful. No, he played in an awful system that gave him zero confidence. We you couldn't get a good look at any of these kids with this atrocious scheme that Matt Patricia was running. So we had a we're having a lot of guys coming off down years. That's fine because we have one of the dude, one of the best 
DBs to ever play the game is now our defensive coordinator. Okay. I have full confidence in the fact that our, our defense is going to come around. We just need bodies. Tracy Walker. I'm not worried about Will Harris. On the other hand, absolute dud. Got to go. <laughs> got to replace him. How you doing? Keep him moving. Like we got to make some moves. Even if it's an undrafted guy. Uh, I I'd really like, I like that. Uh, I butcher his name. He's that kid come out of TCU. Morig, 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 Morig. Yeah. I like that kid. And if there is some tiny little chance, he either falls to the end of the first or early second, I want Detroit trading up to get that kid. Yeah. That's interesting. I was just going to ask you, give me a couple names in the second and third round. And I, I see Trayvon going in that late first kind of range. I, I mean, anytime you can, get a guy with first round talent not in the first round it's obviously a win huge win yeah um other guys i like i got i i don't know do you think Xavier collins is going into the first for sure is that a for sure deal or you think he's going second oh, the these linebacker guys man it just seems like the forgotten position like and i know from most recent years like how Patrick Queen fell to the Ravens when we needed a middle linebacker. He was thank the sitting, Packers for that. <laughs> yeah, but thank the Saints for that. Like everybody had a chance to get this guy, and every mock draft leading up to it was like, "Oh, good luck, Ravens fans! Like you're not going to get him." Um, there was that other uh, Kenny. Can't remember what his last name was out of Oklahoma. He went Ooh. to the Chargers. I think, but there, there was two big middle linebackers and they're like, no Ravens are picking too late. They're both off the board by that point. Best of luck. So I, I, I feel like there's a really good chance. Not only that you guys are picking high in the second round. That's always a huge advantage. Like those are late first round picks essentially. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I'd be really happy. Like, I don't know if Xavier Collins is going to be there. If he's not, I know um, I might butcher Jameen Davis. Is it Jameen or? Yeah, I think it's, Jamin or Jameen. Jamin or Jameen. I I know he's starting to raise. He's got. I like him. He's an athletic freak. I'm a little hesitant because Jared Davis. There's some Jared Davis vibes <laughs> there for me. So that being said, I like him a lot. If we're gonna go linebacker in the second, I mean, again, I already talked about Kadarius Tony. I think that would be a steal in the second. I'd be really happy about that. Give Goff some weapons. How about that kid from? I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm a, I think his numbers were terrible at, at his little pro day, but I, that, uh, the kid out of Miami, the end, it's like Rossiu, Rossiu. Oh yeah. Greg Rousseau. 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 Is it Rousseau? Just plummeting. You're not even hearing that name anymore. He was a first round talent. Now he's gone. So. Yeah. I mean, my team has a need at edge rusher. If that kid fell to them, 27 run to the podium. Don't think oh, about a sprint. I'm not seeing him mocked in the first anywhere anymore. Yeah. 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 It's super, it's super strange. I've never really understood the whole like hot and cold mocking things. And like, you know, we talked about it before. Don't necessarily just look at stats, like pull up the film. Can this kid play? Yeah. He's a, he's a freak. Like he can play the game. Why are, why is he falling? Like, Oh, he didn't have a good 40 number. Well, ask the Raiders like regime of years ago when it was like, that guy's fast. We're picking him. All right. Yeah. Darius Hayward Bay. You're up on so, the clock. So now the Raiders now, basically what they're doing, but like, that's, it, it's funny that you say that. Cause we already touched on a guy. We touched on uh, Cooper cup, you yeah. know, the, 
the way he was scouted, they didn't scout him by his 40 time. Brad Holmes did GPS tracking on all his game films and looked at his actual game time speed. And that's what the difference was. And look at that kid now. Yeah. Where does he look slow? He's, he's blowing past DBs that were running like sub four fours. Yeah. Game speed is important. Like we all know that waddles fast. He's a fast kid. He runs a fast forward. But we watch game film of him going up again. I forget the corner's name, but it's the corner that runs like the four two five. And <laughs> Jalen Waddle's torching this kid, right? Like game speed is what matters. And I, I'm I'm excited, especially this year when everybody's got these ridiculous juiced up forties. We, we were talking about sense. that uh, last week. Actually, we we were talking about pro days and forty times and and the combine and and how much teams put too much uh, stock into those numbers and not look at actual what is this guy doing in a game like i mean we we, uh last week we were talking about uh you know a guy like dk metcalf how does how does a guy like that fall in the draft when because he puts up a a, a bad three cone he has no uh, business being on the seattle seahawks you guys should not have got him at that spot it's ridiculous (laughs) hey i'm I'm happy to have him but i'm uh, sure you are yeah Yeah, that's I, and, and that's the thing. It's like I did not expect him to end up in in Seattle. Like like you said, like he, you're right. He does have no business being there because there, there, there's no reason he he should have felt even the last pick of the second round. Like, are you kidding me? For a guy that talented, and uh, it 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 did end up leading into a uh, I I got maybe a little bit too uh too big for my britches and now i have to run a 40 time but uh <laughs> did you hear about this bet andrew <laughs> no i'd love to hear it though so um i i don't even remember how we got onto this topic but um i want to say we were talking about the juiced up 40 times and chris sort of scoffed at it or or made a comment and i put him on the spot and i said okay um since rich eisen runs his forties for St. Jude's. Um, if you, if, if Chris can beat Rich Eisen's best time, which just so happened to be this year, um, I'd have to make a donation to, we decided to go local for BC children's hospital. And if he can't do it, uh, then he's got to pony up the money for it. I love it. What, I love, what, what was you, Rich's time? Five, two, six. What do you think? You're going to be you're going to be surprised at how fast that is for a grown old man. Like that's in a suit. Like totally. <laughs> like here's the here's a game changer too. Like here's something a lot of people don't realize. I remember like I did a lot of sprint training for football. That was my thing. We had a local sprint coach. Guy was in the Olympics. We all paid him to train us and he'd take you out and he'd hand time your 40s. And we're all, you know, shirts off, volleyball scene, a top gun, like high five and each other playing with the boys having a great time because we're all running NCAA forties. I'm running, dude, I'm running at four, three, five. I'm lights out. I'm the fastest guy in Kelowna. I go to camp with real laser time, four, six, five, four, five, six was my fast time. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, that's wrong. That's not right. I'm way faster than that. No, don't ever trust hand time. Hand time is out to lunch. That's so funny. Um, oh man yeah that that's funny not only for for chris he's getting a little more and more nervous because yeah anything anything over five seconds you're like oh these 300 pound defensive linemen are running it like that or like you know fast rich eisen with his suit on as a 50 year old out of shape dude um so best of luck to you chris 
Um, Don't kid yourself. He's getting training, man. He's he knows he's on TV. He's put he's been putting in time. I'll help you with your technique and stuff if you want, Chris. I definitely will. But there you go. Five two five two is not awful, man. Like I know athletic guys, bigger guys like linebackers and stuff that I played ball with that were running fives. That if they got sub four, they were happy. And this is when we were twenty two years old. Wow, that's funny that you bring that up. Um, I actually work with a guy who uh, just finished playing for the Sun just a couple of years ago, Nick Schroeder, who I know says I know he knows Schroeder's you. A beauty, he's um, a beauty. Him and I are racing on Friday. Oh yeah, he he heard about the bet and he was like you know, doing his classic Nick thing and him in uh, Van Nistelrooy or training away there, just putting on just all sorts of ridiculous muscle. I think he's put on like 26 pounds in a month. And I was yeah, like, he's man, been on the program, I, I was like, I can beat you in a race, Nick. Like, let's go own up to it. And he's like, oh, I fastest one I r- ran was a four, six, five laser. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. You're you're getting old. You're you're just a, a washed up guy he now. He's quick. Yeah, he I've, was quick. I've heard I, he's quick. I remember coaching him. I remember coming out because he was he was trying to play running back, but he didn't. I think he didn't have the hands for it. I'm like, I called more. I'm like, buddy, you're a DB. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna stay with me. And he's yeah, he's quick. He's fast. I don't. Yeah, that I'm, I want to see this. I'll be nice. fun. Nice. I'll race I'll you, Phillips. We'll we'll have some fun. We'll have we'll make a day of it. I I would have raced you like ten years ago. Now I I, I don't know, Andrew. But I mean, okay. You, yeah, you don't have do to it. beat him. You yeah, just let, have to beat Rich. Let's do it. Why not? It'll be yeah, fun. I'll do it. Get going out of the Apple Bowl. Um, okay, we're uh, we're getting to that time, Chris. Do you uh, do you want to take us on our favorite segment? And maybe uh, w- we obviously know Andrew listens to every episode and he he tunes in weekly. But for our listeners that might just be kind of tuning in for the first time, why don't you give them a rundown of what the third down is? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, Andrew, uh, welcome to the third down segment. Uh, as Steve said, I, I, I know you've listened to all the episodes, so you know what this is all about, but we're just going to recap it for, you know, for, for the new people here, uh, that, uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about, uh, whatever we want. Uh, I give you and Steve some head to head matchups and you pick your favorite. Uh, at the end of all the matchups, I'll recap your lists. You pick your overall MVP. So pretty simple. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, last time we did this with a guest, uh, I'm going to throw Steve under the bus here. It was an absolute disaster. Oh. And I was very, very thankful we had a guest because it turns <laughs> out Steve hasn't seen any football movies. Oh no! This guy claims to be a, a you know a football fan. He's never seen Remember the Titans. He's never seen any given Sunday. Oh, uh, that's well. you got to do your homework. He, yeah. he hasn't we seen varsity, change that. varsity Blues. You name it, he hasn't seen it. Oh, buddy, that's that Varsity Blues is one of the most quotable movies of my life. Yeah, Wainers was... on the glass of Milan Club. Now that just ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. So, uh, it wasn't the. It wasn't a moment that I would probably put up like in a trophy case if I could do that. But um, yeah, 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 that's why we bring guests in to make up for my lack of any sort of quality. Ted, Ted uh, carried that that segment uh, that week, so I, I'm I'm glad you're here again, Andrew, to to help carry Steve through this one. Uh, I, I thought it played a little bit safer this week. And uh, I mean, actually, with you being a Lions fan, I thought this was the perfect week to pull this one out of the hat. Um, okay. We've already done the all name team. 
I want to do the all nickname team. Ooh, I'm I'm liking where this is going. Okay, you you guys ready for the matchups? Sure, let's do it. Okay, third down. So matchup one, we've got William the Refrigerator Perry versus Daryl Moose Johnston. Now, really quick, I don't know if you guys have seen Daryl Johnston. Uh, I've always liked him as a color guy on Fox, but when I found out his nickname was Moose and that he played fullback for the Dallas Cowboys, and I, I mean, you, you see the guy as a color analyst, and you're like, there's no way. Like, how did this guy play fullback for Emmett Smith? But, uh, I mean, we're, we're not talking about uh, how how he made it happen. We're talking about, you know, the, the refrigerator versus Moose. Who, who are you guys taking? Let's start I, with well, you, Andrew. I can end this right now. <laughs> Which one of these guys had a G.I. Joe made after them? Oh, good call. <laughs> the fridge, buddy. Dunzo, right there. The guy had his own G.I. Joe. You can't get any better than that. Yeah, I, I agree. As soon as you said fridge, like, how do you... A fridge. You can't move them. And they, yeah, lived up to the name big time. Yeah. Okay. We've got uh, in our second matchup. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a hard hitting matchup, and uh, I'm I'm being a homer on on this one. We've got uh, Cam Bam Bam Chancellor versus Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch. Andrew, Andrew, we'll we'll go to you first again. We going strictly on nickname sound, or do we have to just like which guy we like better? Because I'll tell you, like, buddy, Cam ruined my life. I was there at that wild card game, (laughs) punched that ball out of the end zone, and it should have been a touchback, or we should have got the back the ball back on the one, and they made it a touchback. And then I got the sweet apology notes from the NFL after, and it was like great. While I was mopping up my tears while people were throwing lattes at me in Seattle, it was awesome. (laughs) So we're we're not, <laughs> we're not doing it based on uh, on which guy you like better. We're doing it strictly on the all nickname. Hey, listen, theme. I got to go on a tangent here. I got to be honest with you. Listen, Chris, I love you. I do. I love you, buddy. I love you. You're one of the, my favorite persons I've ever met through sports, and that's an honest God opinion. And I know a lot of Seattle Seahawks listen to this, but like, I'm not trying to bash your team. I've never been treated worse at a stadium in my entire career. And I've been to a lot of places I've gone to Santa Clara and I'm with gang members with the, what are the GS nine or whatever, those gang tat, face tattoos. And they're calling me over, giving me tacos, sharing beers. I go to Seattle, man. And I just up the abuse. I've never been abused like that in my entire football viewing career. And both times. That's so I funny I, that you bring that up. The very first uh, game I ever went to Ravens are at Seattle and of course, like you wear an opposing team's jersey to any sporting thing and you just, you know, you're going to get your lumps, right? That's, that's fine. I'm a big boy. I can take my lumps, but like, yeah, just the sheer abuse that those fans were chucking around. We were walking back to our hotel and of course you got these monkeys in their trucks and they're hanging out the door and they just some of the most vulgar stuff I have ever heard to me spin their tires out, almost hit us on the sidewalk. But the best part was as soon as they turned right, there was a cop sitting right there and pulled them over. Oh man. Did we let them have it? Yeah. Buddy. I'm like, I, I, you know, and again, I'm not trying to pass Seattle, but I'm like, I'm here, buddy. I'm like, I'm in the land of the soy boys. Like, I don't understand what's happening and I'm getting like violence threatened upon my life here. I'm like, 
boys, it's all good. Like, yeah, my team sucks. I know. Don't worry. My life is hard enough as it is. Okay. You know, it's okay. Like, but go ahead. Sorry. I derailed you a bit. No, no, no. It's, uh, I, I, I mean, I go to Seattle and I cheer for the home team because that, that's my team, of course. But I have definitely heard a lot of people with similar negative experiences to yours. Uh, I mean, it, it got so bad at a point there, especially for the Seahawks 49er games. I, I remember uh, the the Seattle Police Department had undercover cops in the stadium dressed up as the opposing team's fans just wow. to try to, like, limit the amount of, of abuse and, you know, have people second guess, like, eh, like maybe I shouldn't give this guy the gears because he could be a cop and, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> Well, listen, I, I, by all means, give the gears. Just don't be a massive POS. Like, Oh, totally. Unless like, it's like, I, I went to a game a couple of years ago. It was uh, the Seahawks versus the Cowboys. And uh, my uncle was there. And my uncle is a Cowboys fan. And he was sitting in front of me the entire game. And so, like, I... I mean, if it was anybody else, I wouldn't be doing this, but I'm like, I'm giving him wet willies in his ear. Like I'm just harassing the guy. Like if, if I had been any other fan, he for sure would have called security on me, but because it's family, it's different. Right. But like, you don't do that crap with, you know, some random guy that you've never seen before. You know, I've seen people getting fights in the stands and it's just, I don't like, it's just a game guys. Well, the reason why I'm not going into detail is because I can't, because I had to talk to you before this about my language, because that's how I'm being, I'm being, I don't know how to tell these stories without swearing my face off because that's how awful it was. I I don't, I, 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 and and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but I'm unfortunately not surprised to hear that. And I I think that's something that, you know, the, the Seahawks fans need to, just cool it. Like we're all there for the same reason. We're all there for, to cheer for our team, have fun. And, you know, Andrew, you, you know, going back to lacrosse when, uh, you know, not only when you and I would play against each other, but play on the same team, it's, you know, sure. You know, harass the guy, heckle the guy across from you during the game. But at the end of the day, it's just a game and realize you're all there for the same reason and that's to have fun and enjoy yourselves well lions are in seattle again this year so get we your want, get your dart on? get get your uh your 5g microchip dart and uh we'll go to the game together that way I, i'll I, be safe I, I i can't wait to get uh to get my 5g i, I want to be upgraded get upgraded i want to hear the radio broadcast uh while watching the game without having headphones in so bill gates just talking to you in your head like without <laughs> anything just can't wait <laughs> I mean, if, that being a, say, if people are listening, I got, I got my vaccine, no side effects. I feel great. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> cell, What's that my cell reception's gotten a little better. Let's yeah. put it. <laughs> um, I was going to say, if there's a silver lining, um, my wife and I, before this all hit, we actually went on our honeymoon to Seattle and night and day difference. 2019. We, I mean, we were beating up on you guys. So there wasn't really much to kind of rag on us. Like it's kind of hard to be like that person when your team's getting blown out. Not only that, the fans left with like 10 minutes left in the game anyway. So they weren't really chirping much. Um, if we're, if we're still on the all name team, 
there is the most hilarious sports article about Cam Chancellor and how he eats nightmares for breakfast. Um, if you ever get a chance to read that, I'll, I'll try and find it and send it to you guys. Funniest article ever. It's got to be Bam Bam. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm on the Bam Bam trade too. I just think it's it's just it's just clever. It's perfect. It suits him. Beast mode's cool. Marshawn Lynch is one of the coolest people to ever play in the NFL. One of the best characters ever. Beast mode nickname necessarily just doesn't do it for me like Bam Bam does. I feel like a lot of guys get called beasts. I, I don't know if yeah. I've ever heard anyone be called Bam Bam and have it be more suiting than Chancellor. Right. Dude, that guy was terrifying. Imagine catching the ball over the middle with that dude playing. Fl- not a chance. Or imagine I, I going th- to be on special teams and you know he's going to jump over you and you try to stop him and he <laughs> still does it. And this little like tiny kicker is like, all right, I quit. Like, I, yeah, I just like, quit. what do you want me to do? He's gonna kill what do me. you want me to do? I got bam, bam, jumping over my head. Like, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> over my six do. foot five center. The, the the best part about that play too is I, I think that play got blown down like three times and he did and, it every time and he did it every he did it three separate times and he kept doing it and doing it and doing it um steve i just want to quickly mention i'm surprised uh from based on the stories you you've told me i'm surprised you remember the last 10 minutes of that game that you went to with your wife oh it was i remember every <laughs> minute of it including you gotta warm up man you gotta you gotta warm up you gotta warm up simple as that uh matchup three we've got uh big dick nick done yeah versus broadway joe namath no oh done big dick nick there's (laughs) nothing better than that that's his legacy buddy the guy's got a statue and the statue is more to do with his nickname than his super bowl win okay he's the guy Uh... simple as that (laughs) Like you kind of just threw Namath to the wolves there. Like anybody who's getting matched up with Big Dick Nick, really? Like that? That that's okay. Broadway Joe is not that good. Oh, I, he's pretty, I, but I, he's not a good nickname. God, I love that nickname. Phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> uh, matchup four. I've got uh, Jerome the Boss Bettis versus the the Nigerian Nightmare Christian Okoye. It, it, I'm biased on this one though because like I, I Koye was before my time and like I I know the bus I watched the bus and he is a bus. <sighs> I think I reluctantly have to agree on that one. Like as much as I hated and still hate Jerome Bettis, like again if we're talking about nicknames that suit a person. That, that suits him perfectly. Like, he literally was a bus, but he moved like a Corvette. Like, oh, dude. Special, special dude. Totally. I wouldn't have picked the bus, but that's because I'm still bitter about Super Bowl 40. So. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, matchup five, we've got uh, Ed Ballhawk Reed. And no, that's not why. Our podcast is called The Ballhawks, just it's so everyone knows. 150% why we called it. I just didn't so tell Chris good. that. Versus, uh, now this one, I, I included this one because I wanted to hear uh, Steve sing again. So we've got uh, oh, Ryan Fitzmagic versus Ed Reed. But Steve, you, you have to at least sing the Fitzmagic part before whoa, whoa, you give your pick. Oh, Fitzmagic, you know. <laughs> Great. That was beautiful. Great beautiful all right andrew i'm going to you first again uh who's who's your pick on that 
I and this is nothing. This is absolutely zero disrespect to the man because nobody played the game like Ed Reed. Ed Reed's on a whole different level. I could that guy. There, I don't know if anybody else will play the game like Ed Reed did ever again. Like that guy, honestly, that guy did stuff nobody does. Like he, he's one of my favorite people to ever watch football. That being said, Ballhawk is a again inserting a different crappy nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. He is a ball hawk, but it's lackluster. And I feel like he could have got a way cooler nickname than that. That being said, Fitzmagic, unreal nickname. Fantastic. It's just as good as his beard and his persona when he goes out there with the, you know, he's down, you know, eight buttons and the chest's just flying open with his gold <laughs> chains. Fitzmagic is just a beautiful name. And whoever came up with it deserves an award, just like the guy, whoever started calling him Big Dick Nick. Like, that's phenomenal. Great nickname. Yeah, I mean, if we're going on nicknames, like, how do you, how do you not pick Fitzmagic? Like, it's, it's fun, it's clever, it's original. Um, I think I'd be doing the podcast a big disservice if I didn't pick Ballhawk, and I think I'd be shooting a lot of my fellow Ravens fans in the foot. So I'm going Ballhawks, baby. Nobody ever played the game like Ed Reed. Jesus, finally you guys ever. disagreed with each other. You set sitting that one up, hold, didn't you? Hold, hold, sitting there holding hands, agreeing with each other this entire time. I thought we and, said uh, it was okay to do that. Andrew, just to, to you know, enlighten a little bit, uh, Big Nick, Big Dick Nick was uh, given to him by Connor Barwin, who was might have been meat peeking a little bit in the shower. And... Uh, <laughs> And and then of course he went on to win win the Super Bowl, so the the legend was born. But uh, apparently it has nothing to do with how he plays football. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a phenomenal nickname, though. Uh, number six, we've got the freak Javon Curse versus Night Train Lane. Oh, which... but I was hoping easy peas. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, <laughs> John Curse was a freak, but Night Train Lane is one of the best nicknames in NFL history. Now, Steve, do you know the history between behind Night Train Lane? Um, uh, maybe I don't. Why don't you? Why don't you enlighten me? Uh, a- Andrew, I'm, I'm sure you have it, but uh, in case I've got it here, uh, he, this guy was afraid to fly, so he would take the train to road games while the rest of the team hopped on the on the team flight to to go to the away games. So hence the uh, you know he was taking the, the the night train to those road games. Isn't that so funny? Imagine a player in today's day and age, and they're like, "No, I can't get I can't get on that flight. I can't." Like and, you would be just raked through the coals nowadays. And this is you got to keep in mind too. This is a human that used to just decapitate yeah. people on the field. Like when clotheslining was okay. Like I'm talking like Dick Lane's out there just killing people, dude. Doesn't I he just, still hold the single season record for interceptions? I'd have to look that up, but I, I think you you're know, right. I, probably the biggest accomplishment by any Detroit Lion ever. <laughs> yeah. Other I, than I think that's one of the most iconic nicknames of all time. And when you add the story and the background info on it, like it's probably the most ironic name of all time. Like you would think not knowing what the story was, you're like, Oh, like night train just sounds kind of like badass. You're like, totally. yeah, that makes sense for the player he was. And then you hear it's just because he had a phobia of flying. And you're like, what? Not him. Not him. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's well, it's like, uh, game, 
John John Madden didn't like to fly. That's why when Madden used to do uh, the, the Monday Night Football games, and they would do like his like you know player of the game, and it was on the side of the bus or whatever. That's because it was if it, he would take a bus to to every game because Madden didn't like to fly. I hate flying. I hate it with a passion. I only do it to go to football games. And that's it. And when I do, I'm heavily dosed up on <laughs> gravel and everything else I get my hands on to try and put me to sleep. <laughs> just get me there and i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to know how i got there i just want to get there exactly all right we've got a few more here uh number seven we've got uh now i went off the nfl board here so uh rod he hate me smart (laughs) (laughs) versus adam pacman jones oh that this is tough that's oh i hate this I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna go with Pac-Man, and I know I've told this story on the podcast, but it's one of my favorite NFL clips ever. When Steve Smith was a Raven, and he caught the ball over Pac-Man's head, and Pac-Man was such a tool. He was like just, you know, we're using the nickname Dick. He was Pac-Man was a dick on the field, and Steve Smith, before it was outlawed, grabbed him by the face mask and just threw him like a little rag doll. So I'm going to pick Pac-Man because I love watching that clip. I got, man, Steve Smith's one of my favorite oh. people to ever play football. That dude was such a baller. So mean, so good, so underrated. like And so funny, dude, too. That dude, that guy used to earhole people into, like, another planet. <laughs> yeah, they. Like, I think his favorite thing was someone asked him, and he always does this with, like, the young rookies coming up. He's like... Yeah, would you uh, would you prefer a touchdown catch or a decleater on somebody? And he waits for the rookie to say like touchdown catch because it helps my team, yada yada. And he's like, guy, Wrong. no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that guy is responsible for the most defensive back CT in the NFL. I'd imagine. <laughs> Guys just crumple people. Yeah. Um, this, this one's really tough for me. This is like, I, I loved, he hate me. I wanted his Jersey so bad in the XFL days. Honestly, like it's such a good nickname, but I just, I, you can't beat Pac-Man. I think Pac-Man's a, as amazing. I, I love the nickname Pac-Man. It's perfect for him too. Yeah. God, I, uh, I, I maybe should have mixed mix up these matchups a little bit more to get you guys to disagree a little bit at least. But, I'll disagree uh, on the next one no matter what. Yeah. All right, all right, sure. So we've got uh, Orenthal James, better known as OJ, Juice Simpson, versus Mean Joe Green. I'll give Andrew the first pick, and then I'll just disagree with him. <laughs> I mean, I got to go with OJ. have to go with OJ. The juice, simple as that. It's just perfect. It's perfect. I mean, like, let's let's just forget about the fact that he's murdered people and everything. We'll just put that on the side because we're just going strictly on. We're just on talking football here. Nickname. We're, yeah, we're, just, we're forgetting about everything else. Yeah, I, I'm going the juice. Me and Joe Green, I, you know what? I'm probably a little biased too because he played for a team I'm not too fond of, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I was picking Mean Joe Green anyways. I just how, – how many guys' names are mean? Like – it's so like the simpler the nickname for me, the more effective it is. Like you can't give me this big like the Nigerian prince. Like I gotta say it in one quick thing. Yeah. So, Steve, you were busting my balls last episode about saying 
how I, I you know, re- remember Kurt Warner and liked Kurt Warner when I was younger and busted my balls that he played for the Rams, which, by the way, fact check myself, Seahawks and the Rams did not play in the same division then. And you go ahead and, and pick a Steeler here. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. You got to question your allegiances. Yeah, That's I mean, fair. when we're when we're talking about nicknames, I don't care who you play for. Um, I picked I picked the bus earlier. Picked Mean Joe Green. When we're talking about who your favorite player is, I could never pick a Steeler. Troy Polamalu, amazing. I'm never going to pick like, him. We were talking about this on on text message earlier, but how do you not like Kurt Warner? I mean, the, bite, the guy was bagging groceries before playing in the NFL. He's just such a nice human. You, you got to cheer for the Man. guy. He gives me a creepy like seven heaven vibe. You know what I mean? Like just I don't know. He just that too perfect. I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. Like he's just always smiling in that one yeah. same thing. He gets hit and he's like, eh, cool. I feel like he's gonna knock on my door and ask me if I've heard the good news and give me a pamphlet. <laughs> like I'm you know, I'm just not feeling it. He just doesn't well, do it for me. Yeah, well, nice the latest thing players. this year is, is is getting those random uh I don't I don't know if you guys saw I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I got a letter in the mail from someone. Yeah, um, you know, inviting me to 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 come hear the good news and and join their Zoom call, and it was uh, it was the weirdest thing, man, too, because it was a handwritten letter to my address. Like, oh, weird. I got to just knock on my door. Like, yeah. the handwritten letter is super creepy. Just stick to the weird teenagers with the white shirts <laughs> and red ties, walk around downtown. Like, let those guys, because it's easy to tell those guys to kick rocks. You know, yeah. don't, don't have to give me letters. Yeah. Okay, last two matchups. We're getting into the heavy hitters here. We've got uh, Dion, Primetime, Sanders, Neon Dion versus Michael, the Playmaker, Urban. Uh, easy peas, bro. Easy peas. Prime, all day, every day. I don't think this is a heavy hitter at all. I think I think you talked yourself into it. It's 21st and Prime, baby. Hell yeah, like, baby. Oh, man. Not, I, even I clo- not even close on well, that one. Yeah. Okay, last matchup here. Uh, Walter, Sweetness, Peyton. Beautiful. Versus Megatron. Oh. <laughs> hey, Sweetness is a great nickname. Sweetness <laughs> is a fantastic nickname. You, I, I can't tell you another sport that has a better nickname than Megatron. There's never, there's never been a more encompassing, perfect nickname in the history of the NFL or any other sport than Megatron. That's exactly what that man is. That some that is a transformer. That's a Decepticon playing amongst human <laughs> beings. Like that that's exactly what it was. And then they keep trying to give us this Maple Prime or whatever or you got Eric Ebron dropped him as Prime. Like you got all these bums. Don't ever. You're, there's never going to be there's never going to be another megatron ever that's such a thing too hey like the next megatron like i, I know maybe tron yeah like i know dk's been been kind of uh given that mantle a couple times it's like he, he could be the next me, next megatron actually my, my dad said that to me the other day andrew hey, and oh, uh, that's we're gonna have to next time i run into him at nestor's market i'm gonna have a talk to him yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to uh gordo a call there and and uh maybe let him know but i mean dk is good and all but dk is not beating in double triple coverage but not only that why do we feel the need to recycle these nicknames like it just doesn't has it worked ever can you think of a good a good recycled nickname ever 
just let a guy be who he is. I mean, unless boxing, because every other guy's name's Sugar, and that worked out okay. <laughs> but I feel like that's just because they have CT and they forgot. They're like, oh, it was never it's Sugar. It's perfect. Nobody's used this one before. <laughs> just kidding. Big boxing fan. Boxed my whole life. I'm not trying to bash boxing. But... Steve, yeah, yeah when you, you said Steve? sweetness, that's one of my favorite ones because it goes against everything a nickname in football shit. Like a football nickname should be like mean or tough or rugged and then you got sweetness and you're like damn that's cool man like it, it is a it, good nickname and then you said megatron and the way you know that megatron wins it is because you call calvin john like it sounds weird when i say calvin johnson i 100%. rarely refer to him as calvin johnson that's when you know a nickname is good like night train lane that's that's when you know it's good because you refer to them as their nickname and it just stops being Calvin Johnson. It's true. And I mean, w- w- when I presented the matchup, I said Walter Sweetness Payton versus Megatron. Everyone right. knows who Megatron is, right? Yeah. Why yep. don't you say I Calvin mean, Megatron Johnson? It just it's Megatron. Yeah, it's Megatron. That's it. I mean, it's it's probably the same as Primetime. I could have just said Primetime. You guys you just say know Prime. Who, prime. You say yeah. Prime. I know Prime is. You, you know who, who I'm talking just about. Like, so. Just like if you said the molester, I would know you're talking about Lester <laughs> Hayes, right? Like that's... <laughs> Big Dick Nick and the molester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been a great match. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Quick what recap here, have had then, to guys. Do there. I'll get your MVPs. Um, so you both put, took the refrigerator. You both took Bam Bam. You both took Big Big Dick Nick. You both took the bus. Uh, Steve took Ballhawk. Andrew took Fitz Magic. You both took Night Train. You both took Pac Man. Uh, Andrew with Juice. Uh, Steve with Mean Joe Green. Uh, you both took Prime Time. You both took Megatron. Uh, Andrew. We always go to our guest first. Who's your MVP? This is going to be hard for you. It's so hard not to be biased. So hard not to be biased here because I just need your just want to go Megatron. But like prime time's phenomenal. Um, All time. Oh, God. In the fridge. Like that's phenomenal, too. This is dude. I don't I can't afford to lose any more hair, buddy. And you're stressing me out here. (laughs) You just told us a story about how your one other like non team jersey. Is, is, a, prime. is a prime and then yeah, i'm a we big say prime like, guy hey how about probably like one of your favorite lions ever now decide it's like deciding between your got, two kids right yeah dude i got megatron signed up right over my shoulder yeah. here like i got this is hard for me i i hate to do this and i hope i don't lose the respect of all lions fans but i gotta go prime i gotta go prime time oh, now, really quick which one do you like better neon dion or prime prime, prime, prime. time Prime time. Yeah. There to me, there is no neon Dion. It's prime time. All right, Steve, oh. MVP. Man, I I never thought I'd be so stressed out about a nickname. Um, I'm gonna do the Lions fans a solid here and pick Megatron. It's love it. like I love Prime. I think this is like literally, like I said, it's like choosing between your two kids, and you're like, they're both great. I don't want to choose. Don't make me. You got a gun to your head. Who do you choose? I don't want to kill them both. Fine. That's, you know, that's good. Real Sophie's choice here. <laughs> All right. Now, one last little uh, thing, Andrew, I didn't mention. Um, I, I get to, after you guys name your MVPs, I, I get to pick a winner here. 
And before you uh, do, I got I got a I got a perfect argument. Which one of these guys has a song name? Which nickname has a song after buddy? Prime time keeps on ticking. Okay, go ahead. All right. So I didn't need the song. I we all know I don't like the Cowboys. We all know I hate the Cowboys. (laughs) I have said for a number of years, the only way you would ever catch me dead in a Cowboys jersey is number 21 prime time Andrew Andrew takes the trophy here on the third down segment with prime time as the MVP that is for sure the best one Steve sorry yet again uh 0-2 versus our guests hey buddy (laughs) I would I'd love to lose on Megatron that's fine that's a good one to lose out on oh that that was a good one that was fun um okay so we're we're pretty much out of time here um andrew thank you so much for coming on that was a lot of fun um would love to keep talking lines i I could probably talk football rating until i have to go to work tomorrow morning um here's kind of like a little time that you get to tell people maybe where they can follow you where they can follow your your guys's podcast kind of what's up on the the horizon for you Ah, uh, yeah. I as far as following me, good question. Um, Chris probably knows my Twitter handle better than I do because I don't even I can't even remember it. Um, I don't like it's it's hard to plug the podcast too. Like the podcast is pretty big and popular, but at the same time, ninety percent of the stuff we talk about, I'm not really that into. So you know, like I'm there to be there with the boys. Like this is the first time I felt like educated on a podcast because at least i know what we're talking about but hey listen it's a good podcast so i'm told we get a lot of good reviews it's pretty popular if you like listening to conspiracies and aliens and just weird stuff like that and you want to listen to you know listen to some guys crack some beers and make some jokes and that's pretty much what the podcast consists of uh so it's called alien theorist theorizing you can find us uh exclusive exclusively on spotify i uh, and then we have our Patreon if you want to sign up for that. If you like what you're hearing, we got tons of bonus content. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Um, I don't really know. I should have looked up my Twitter, but I don't. I wouldn't follow me anyways because I'm just retweeting Lions BS anyways. So we'll make sure we put your Twitter handle in in the episode description here. Cool, um, Chris. Any any last words for you? Uh, I just want to say, Andrew, thanks for coming on, man. It's, uh, you know, it, it's been a while since I've seen you. Always appreciate talking sports with you, whether it be football, Canucks, whatever it be, may be. Uh, you know, when I reached out to you and asked if you wanted to come on, you were like, yeah, man, absolutely. Like, like you just said, you're, you're excited to come on and, and actually talk about something that, that you like talking about and, uh, and you, you want to come on and talk football and not aliens. So, so <laughs> Love we, it. Really appreciate it, man. Um, I mean, of course, all our listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in again, guys, for our bonus episode here. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. And of course, as always, go Hawks. Peace. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. 
It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.